Well, all right, Orange Nation, you guys rock, man. Thanks for hanging. Susie Sockets is in house, Frank, here every Wednesday, 4 p.m. And, of course, all of you replayers, replayers, you guys have a category on your own, the replay family, Susie. It's a good replay. A big old tribe. And as we (laughs) tell you every week, we are honored to spend it with you from one of the premier high schools, trade high schools, nationally recognized, the East Valley Institute of Technology. We always tell you that, you know, some of you are not college-bound, and it's all good. Get down with a good trade. Welding, automotive, baking, dentistry, forestry. In fact, put all the E-S-T-R-Ys behind (laughs) their words, and there you are. Aubrey, do they have sewing? I don't know. Is that a trade, Susie? Sewing is a trade? I think so. People people jumping on. We actually have fashion and merchandising. Fashion and merchandising. Interior design. Yeah. And you can get embedded college credits. Look at that, people. So if you're catching us on the replay 10 years from now, it's never too late. Get your trade on. And, of course, Wrench Nation, always happy to spend it with you mechanical maniacs. On this show, we take you on a journey, man. We travel the world, for that matter. Uh, Take you and invite you in to some of the eclectic, some of the, well, the the badassery mm-hmm. of the industry. I got to just say, whether it is that individual working in a laboratory behind tire science or that individual that makes that tire pop. You guys, listen, I know a lot of you guys been to the car wash lately. Have your tires popped? I think right now during COVID, your tires need to pop. Make your tires pop. Like pop as in pop? I mean, we don't do good enough by the way our tires look. I'm just saying, it doesn't matter. You've got tire pressure cooking. But what about those sidewalls, Susie? This is true. Now, I know you've got a few future classics. Are you Too many, Frank. Sidewalls <laughs> popping, Susie? <laughs> the sidewalls are popping, Frank. How's it going in the garage, Amazing. Girl? How are you, buddy, buddy? I'm good. we got to remind the people, WrenchNation.tv. Uh, you can catch your favorite shows. A lot of you uh, going on the uh, road trips. Um, we're hiding in our cars. I mean, I think that's what a lot of us are doing because we can't go anywhere. Although locally here, Scottsdale said, throw that mask away. You don't need to wear a mask anymore. No, they didn't. That's got me a little nervous. Did they? That's what That's what I see. And then Ooh. I noticed, I don't know if you listening have checked this out, but on the, on the freeways, uh, I see now the information that you pay attention to to remind you it doesn't say wear a face mask. It says keep your hands clean, clean. in that sense. Yeah, it used to say mask up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that's going, but I know a lot of you uh, check out show number 201, TV or your favorite podcast player. On this show, we figured we're going to go deep, man. There's a topic out there. A lot of my ladies out there, and we, we've had a few gals in the garage who we've mentored, and it's a tough time. The young ladies want to tinker. And we had Tech Force folks on, and we've had a few other uh, individuals uh, that just don't come to mind right away. But we asked, we asked the question, why is it that preteen gals who are interested in engineering in terms of STEM, now STEAM, right, science, technology, engineering, why is it when they become a full-fledged teen that drops like 60, 70 percent. Hmm. Uh, we didn't get a straight answer. I think Mm-mm. some of it's peer pressure, but we are going to dive into some of that. Why are women, specifically some great talented female technicians, mechanics, welders, body women, 
They're working on these beautiful designs. Why are they still not totally 100% accepted within our culture in the service bay? That's a hard question. It's not easy. No. So we're not messing around. We figure we get the top-notch talent. You guys have seen Bogey on All Girls Garage. My favorite show. Yeah, yeah. A lot of you chimed in on Facebook, said, oh, yeah, she's helped me fix that and this, that, that, the other thing. But many of you chimed in and talked about the inspiration and motivation because you thought a no was an end point. Mm -hmm. You thought they said you couldn't and you stopped. Well, when you have somebody like Bogey, whose passion for empowering women through auto repair and throughout the industry, who actually led her to open up her first shop, by the way, back in 2006. And listen, they don't always start fancy. Right. I mean, we can speak on that. Sometimes you start something in your driveway. <laughs> and that's what Bogey did. Bogey's been around for a while across the board in the industry, award-winning, nationally recognized. Of course, her passion for the industry uh, is difficult to miss and is undoubtedly bringing a fresh perspective to closing the gender gap within the male-dominated automotive industry. Susie, I just got to ask you before we get into some news... I hope not at our place, and I, I definitely don't want to hear it, but you've been in a position, client comes in and belittles you, says to you, I need to talk to a mechanic. You ever get that? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, not a lot, but when I do... How do you deal with that? You know, I don't react or respond immediately to it. I will usually ask them, you know, what is it that you're, what is it that you wanted to inquire about? Okay, so I'll kind of get them to tell me what their question is. I'll ask the year, make a model of the vehicle. And I honestly have never had to go get a mechanic when I started out that way. Because once I get them talking to me, I pretty much own the conversation now. Now, I don't know if that is the best way to do it, but that's the way it's always worked for me as long as I'm engaging. Because let me talk to your mechanic. That I'm sure most people may have just said, oh, yeah, hold on, let me go get them. But I respect the mechanic's time. And if I can gather information first, I'm all over it. That's chapter seven of your book. I know you got, a book. you got a book coming out. <laughs> the opportunity to learn and promote other women in the automotive industry. Check mark bogey. The transition to create an environment women truly want to be in. Check mark bogey. Sexism in the car business. What can a younger newbie, young gal like my daughter, in fact, we have this conversation once a week. She loves engineering. She loves math. She's been down at the garage yep. doing all changes. She's 11. And I tell her straight, guess what? You're going to turn to a teenager. I think she kind of is. And eventually, because of statistics, this is what they say. She's going to lose that sizzle. Lose that sizzle. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk to Bogey about that. What can a younger newbie do and how to identify positive workplace culture before they are hired. How do you snoop around as a young lady getting ready to get into welding, uh, whether you're into the collision side or as an automotive technician? How do you do your research proper to really know? Um, speaking of no, I want to know your opinion. Uh, get on the Wrench Nation Facebook. I've got a piece of news here. Uh, this is fresh off the presses. Today, it was announced. Boy, they're really trying to make mechanics go the way of the elevator man. Or woman. <laughs> California plans to ban the sale of new gasoline-powered passenger vehicles. When do you think they're going to ban 
passenger vehicle. Susie, what uh, what do you think? Oh 30, my gosh. 40 years. California wants to ban vehicles in, what would you say? What year? I would say in, we're in 2020 now, I say by 2030. You're close. 15 years, 35. 35. Governor Newsom, Creighton, an alarm for many in the industry. We don't know if this is political trickery. California plans to ban the sale of new gasoline-powered passenger cars and trucks starting in 35 in what is a dramatic move to shift to EVs full-on and respectfully reduce greenhouse gas emissions. I get that. We should do something. But what's that landscape look like for the average individual that's tinkering uh, professionally, I should say? And I'm careful about tinkering. Mm -hmm. 100 million lines of code in many, many occasions. Uh, Newsom told the press conference the state was committed to a firm goal to phase it out, man. Get rid of the new gasoline. Pot. Not, how do you have California's number one car culture in the world, I would say? Mm-hmm. What about all the old hoopties? Who's going to work on those? That's right. And I, I like Newsom. I like him. So I don't I'm, I don't know much. I just I just I don't know. This is this is drastic. Is this a good thing? We want to know from you. Get on a Wrench Nation Facebook or a a little Instagram, Wrench Nation, or our website, wrenchnation.tv. We're going to post up this article later on today. We'd like to know what you think. Do you think this is legit? And what would your reaction be? California is the largest U.S. auto market. You know, that counts for about 11% of all vehicles made, and many states may choose to follow that lead. You know, Frank, but when we, uh, remember when we had Gridlock Salmon? Yeah, that was show 172. He said you could be arrested mid-century. Of course, Gridlock Sam, he's New York City traffic commissioner. Uh, he's got a great book. You can catch that book on Amazon, Driving Illegal. Uh, 2050 is what there's what he claims. I don't know. You could be arrested for driving. That's full-on autonomous. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. And then I just got word that in California, it's gas-only vehicles, so the hybrids are still going to be allowed. I think so. Yeah. Hybrids not going anywhere. I mean, that's going to be a portion. I don't know how they're going to do it, but, you know, California. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, You know, that California dreaming. I don't know. Some folks are not dreaming. They want to make it happen. <laughs> Give me some good, weird automotive news, girl. I need some happiness. Well, you know, this is about Google Maps. You know, they've added new features um, to help keep users safe during the COVID pandemic. So they've added three different features. Um, They are actually, the first one actually gives you the restrictions like the use of face face masks when you're traveling to certain areas. They actually will tell you that on the map. They also are sharing that when you use your own mode of transportation or cabs, they give you the alerts of the different checkpoints and the restrictions along the chosen route. I feel like we're in a third world country. It's like, crazy. Like we're traveling from Lebanon to Israel. The, the ch- checkpoint face yeah. mask. And the third feature is those traveling to hospitals and or COVID testing screening centers. They give you the little checklist of what you need to be eligible for before you go do this test. Wow. Yeah. And if you already have the Google map, you just do an update. And if you don't have it, download it. But yeah, Google's getting involved. That wasn't funny though, Susie. Oh, you, was I, I need a funny, a funny story. I want funny. You want a funny story? Okay, I've got one for you. I want funny. I want real funny. Well, I don't want you. Know. Did you actually hear about the greedy crab? The greedy crab. Yeah, he's a little shellfish. Drives a Volkswagen. No, he's a little shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy girl! I want you guys to uh, stay tuned. We've got the talented. Uh, Bogey from All Girls uh, Garage TV. And, of course, uh, I invite you to check out uh, 
Girl Gang Garage, get on a social media. We're going to dive in. Women in the automotive industry. Have we come anywhere from where we were 10 years ago, five years ago? We got the talented Bogey next, Ranch Nation. Bolt-on Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. I got my mileage back. bg Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. If you guys jump in and out of this show, don't forget we replay weekend. You can catch your favorite podcast uh, player uploaded on Sunday. And, of course, big shout-out to uh, 90.7, 88.7, and KFNX on Saturday. Uh, you guys hanging out with us. Bogey is our special guest. She's a committed automotive industry advocate, uh, dealer trained. She's not talk, man. She's not on paper. She's actually working on cars. Uh, you've probably seen her builds at SEMA. Uh, she's a writer, speaker, and teacher, passionate about improving the reputation of the automotive industry and empowering women across the globe. Bogey, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks so much for having me. You're a busy bee, and we are grateful that you could uh, just, like, chill out. Zen out with Wrench Nation. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Before we dive into past history and, and the movement moving forward, we want to uh, just highlight um, Girl Gang Garage. Where where can folks catch the materials and all the events that you got? I want to just lay that out right up front. Where could, Where can we send them? So social media is really the strongest. We have a website, girlganggarage.com, but social media is really our most active um, platform, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we do uh, YouTube videos periodically um, and kind of keep everybody up on, on the bills and classes and workshops and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. We'll make sure to have that up on our uh, Facebook as well as uh, website. Let me ask you, Bogey, before we dive into how you got started and some of the no's that you overcame, why are women today in 2020 still somewhat undermined? You hear the stories. Are we making any strides here based upon where we were at just in the last five years? That's a, that's a long and complicated question. Um, yes, we're making strides, I think. Um, why? Why? Um, we're making strides, but change is slower than we'd like it to be. I think the biggest challenge is visibility. And even though the numbers of women in the trades in general, but automotive trades in specific, is, is definitely growing. There are way more women now than there were when I was coming up. 
um, definitely more than, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. But it's still somewhat of a quote-unquote oddity. And so I think a lot of the, the ish that women face in the industry is, is mostly out of people not really being familiar with it or expecting it or um, really ever having been challenged with the idea of a woman being interested in cars or working on cars. So you're saying, I mean, and, and we don't think about this, but for the average guy that's been doing this, whatever, 15, 20 years working in a service bay, he may not even be thinking about, oh, wait a minute, she, she's, she's good at what she does and she, she wants to work on these cars. So that's a whole concept of culture that still doesn't stick with some. I think so. I mean, it's definitely the younger generation. When I tell a younger guy that I'm an auto mechanic, they're like, okay, cool. But when I tell anybody 30 years or older, they're like, you're what? You you work on cars? Right. Like, it's this totally foreign concept. And I can't tell you how many times I hear from people like, I knew this one girl once who liked to work on cars. Like, like there was, they've only known one, or they've never met any, right? So it's, it's like dinosaurs, man, like prehistoric, like this rare oddity, this like museum totally. find, what? It's crazy totally. to think that. Um, I, I do on that, on that manner and that topic, you ran one of the most successful repair shops, 180 Auto, uh, 180 Degrees, I should say, out of Phoenix. Your culture for inclusion for all what what rebuttals you ever have somebody in that early on that you said man that individual can smoke it under hood they do awesome productive but man their attitudes in the toilet hmm. and if you did i i, I probably want to imagine you probably have but just to help the listener how did you manage that transition was that i'm going to upscale this individual and bring them the light or did you say hey this is just not working. It's going to affect and cancer the rest of my culture. I, I really, I, I think if you're going to manage people and if you're going to own a business that has employees, you really have to like people and you have to care about them and, and genuinely want to see them do well, um, at least to be a successful business owner, a successful manager. And so I, I always wanted to hold space for my employees to grow and improve, not just as technicians, but as, as human beings and how they treated one another and how they treated our customers. And, um, and so I often would give people probably more chances than I should. I mean, it was very clear from the beginning when, as soon as somebody interviewed with me, it was, I made it very clear what our culture was and how we like to do business. And people would often self-select out of that, but we did occasionally wind up with, with employees that didn't really, really fit the culture. And, and I would sit down and talk with them and let them know what was unacceptable and what wasn't. And, Often it's acting out for other reasons, right? They're not meaning to be jerks. They just, yeah. you know, they've got something else. They don't know how. They're not equipped or, 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 or worse yet. Let's just face it. They, they spent the last 20 years prior in a culture that just wasn't. Exactly. They weren't inclusive. Susie, um, we talked, uh, first segment, we talked about your experiences with clients that may come in. But, um, I mean, I'm, look, we, we can always use improvement in our garage. We're not holy grail the best on the planet. We're always looking to improve, but 
have you had? Right. Well, so I was just going to ask. I'm not going to let anybody go right now. No, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> but here's the thing. So I'm just thinking of Bogey's garage because I've been to the garage and it was, it was you know, very nicely laid out. And you had probably, you had women at the front desk. So when yeah. somebody came into your front desk and says, let me speak to a mechanic, I can't imagine the look on that person's face when a female comes from behind right. and says, I'm a mechanic, right? Yeah. So you know, we were fortunate because because we were very public about the fact that we were female owned and predominantly operated. I had at one point nine employees and only one was male. And and we were very open about that. So most of the time customers that had an issue with women being their mechanic never even came through our front door. Like that just they just wouldn't even come because they would they they knew it wasn't for them. But occasionally we would, you know, we would get a customer who came in off the street or just didn't know. And if my if my mail shop foreman happened to be out and about, they would immediately look at him and start talking. And because we'd created this this culture, we would have fun with it because they would immediately start talking to him. And he would just immediately go into playing dumb and go, I don't know. You have to ask her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's one way to train your base for sure. <laughs> and we would have parts people once in a while who would come in. My, my shop foreman started seeing the other girls in the in the shop as like as his daughters they were most of them were younger than him so he was papa bear and you know if a parts person came in and was disrespectful or rude or staring at somebody's butt or making comments about how nice it must be to work with a bunch of pretty ladies um he had none of that i mean he was he was all over he'd pull guys aside and be like this this isn't the 50s anymore you can't talk like that and if you continue to we're gonna be calling your boss Right. It's not okay. Wow. Yeah, it's not okay. If you guys are just joining us, uh, we got the talented uh, Bogey. Bogeysgarage.com. Find out more. Bogey, you just had a, I'm looking at the website, you just had a nice write-up uh, in, uh, looks like Motor. Was it Motor Magazine? Uh, August? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, let's take a look. <laughs> Bottom line is, you guys check it out. Uh, Instagram, all over Twitter, Facebook, uh, but the website, bogeysgarage.com. So we, we talked about culture back shop. We talked about some of the some of the situations uh, front counter. Did we kind of slow come to this regarding how we instruct women? What about instructors across the country and some of the things that may have been slow moving there? Because that would, in my mind, think I would think that someone like my daughter, who may have not experienced it right from the get go yeah. under instruction. Talk to me about that. I think there's kind of a systemic problem. It's not just the teachers or the parents or the kids or the, I hear from people, these kids today just aren't interested in cars. I don't think that's true. I think we have this bigger problem where the conception of the general public of how, of what auto mechanics is and what being an automotive technician looks like, that is such an outdated stereotype. And so I think teachers still are discouraging kids in general from going into these sorts of trades. It's still seen as seen kind of as like if you don't if you're not going to cut it in college, then you should go do a trade as though it were less than versus you'd be great at this. And this is a really awesome career path. And so there's an overall discouragement against the trades. And I think there's definitely particularly for women and and a lot it, it comes down to you know who happens to be your guidance counselor or your teacher and are they do they happen to be somebody who's supportive or not? My first guidance counselor was not right in high school. Was like why the heck would you want to do that? That's not a career for girls. And it gave me the you know you'd be the only the second girl who's ever taken this class. 
in the history of our high school. Like, that was supposed to intimidate me. But that's what girls are being told. Like, it's a shameful thing. Like, they shouldn't be interested in this. It's not a place for them. And then that just self-perpetuates, right? Where we are less than 2.5% of all technicians are women. Right. And so it takes time to overcome that because the stereotype and the perceptions just keep perpetuating themselves over time. Yeah. You know, the other thing, too, I, I, I think, and, and certainly you, you're doing this day in and day out, um, I think the mentality should, in general, especially with the youngsters and especially with the young ladies, is go from hiring to mentoring. People need to just stop that whole hiring mentality mm-hmm. yeah. with younger, younger techs that come in because... Yeah, you know, we, we talk about it on the show. I mean, our regulars know it's like a broken record, but we're trying to preach some inspiration. You can't just arm somebody up with a mop no. or a lot of tenant. We just uh, we just had a kid in the garage recently, a uh, youngster that uh, he was a lot of tenant for two years and he was trying to move up. And it's like, oh, that's why isn't anybody molding and, and sort of uh, guiding? Because that's the future of that business. I mean, turnover is expensive. You think we, at, we like, do a better job owners, of that? Business owners, and I, you see it time and again, I'm sure you look at half of the want ads, 80% of the want ads for automotive technicians out there. So they must have 10 years minimum experience, right? And that's just not realistic. Like, not, Especially, yeah. There, there, there aren't enough technicians out there with a minimum of 10 years of experience. Uh, from a business owner's perspective, they want somebody who can hit the ground running and start fixing cars and making the money. And the reality is, is we don't have that luxury. We need to bring up the next generation. We need to bring in somebody who's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and says, I want to learn this. I love this. I have no experience, but I'm passionate. Put me to work. And they, we need to take people under our wings and teach them and grow them and and teach them how to be good technicians, teach them how to be good employees, teach them how how to be adults. <laughs> you know, we've really got to take them in. Yeah, it's how it's how it's how we walk every step. I, I always talk to uh, not just our not our just our shop, but across the industry. Like tuck your shirt in, man. You you want to talk about you know charging a a labor rate that's fair? You want to have some value behind it? Half your shirt is sticking out, man. I mean, like you know, straighten your stuff out. I mean, we're not suggesting it's military but it does start within us Uh, big time like (laughs) that that, that's a starting point i think we're getting better overall let me ask you this do you think other successful women can do more by way of not just riding what they deservedly should have that wave of success do you see that missing a little bit and i and i pick on uh women in general i think i think across the board we can all do better but can women do better inspiring? You're out there I toiling. Think, <laughs> I think, you know, just being visible is huge. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that any any woman in the industry needs to do more. I think just surviving and excelling at your career and staying with it is huge. But I challenge ladies in the industry to be visible, be outspoken, even, even if it's just Local Girl Scouts automotive badge. Yeah. Any anything, right? Even if it's just social media posts, because man, if we flood the internet with images of of real women doing real work, not models holding tools wrong, but real yeah. women <laughs> working on cars, yeah. then one day down the road when a little girl Googles mechanic, she'll see a, a, somebody who looks like her. Exactly. And that's where it starts. So just being visible, I think, is a really big piece of it. And it's unfortunate, right? We're we're a minority, and so there's a heavy 
um, burden put on us, that we wind up representing all women in the industry, regardless of whether we actually represent all women in the industry, right? Because I'm normally the first female mechanic that most people have met. So by default, they are going to then judge every other female mechanic who comes across their way based on their experience with me. So I think it is a heavy burden that, that we carry. And it's unfortunate. It shouldn't be. But but we do. We do carry that. Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. We had uh, Julia Landauer, NASCAR driver, big advocate oh, of STEM. She, she's amazing. And, yeah. and one of the questions we asked her, and I, I ask you the same, um, many young ladies grow up in an environment, um, you know, broken home. They don't have many mentors. Um, and we asked Julia, as we would ask you, Bogey, if it's really bleak with mentors for a young gal growing up in a home that mom or dad separately are working, they're never really around, where do these young ladies find mentorship? On social media. For better or for worse, right? And and it's not just it's not just young ladies, it's it's our young boys too. If they don't have strong role models and leadership at home and even sometimes when they do, they're turning to social media and they're turning to the digital world for their role models. And so what they see online matters, which is why I say it's so important that if you if you are doing something non-traditional like this, be be open about it, be visible so that people can see you succeeding um, so that they have that role model. It, and it, it is visual. Amazing. Like you would think, uh, you make a very interesting point. Years ago, it was, it was sort of this motion of act of doing or these long-winded articles you know madison avenue had us believe that we had to read through all this and read the book read my book but we're talking tiktok snapchat instagram within a minute uh, or less nanoseconds Mm -hmm. here's this impression that lives on the internet forever that's powerful and so you're saying hey ladies you you've made it you don't have to sit down and teach a three-hour TEDx class or anything. You can just keep those impressions available of you just doing what you do best. And know that you may never know the person that you influenced or the people that you influenced, but I guarantee that there are people out there who are seeing your image and being inspired by and empowered by it. You may never meet them, you may never know them, but they wind up following a path that they love because they found strength in seeing your image. And that's that's a beautiful, powerful thing. I mean, that's how change happens, right? We want change to happen in big, broad strokes, but it doesn't. It happens generationally. It happens one person at a time. It happens one conversation at a time. And how we represent ourselves, not just as women automotive technicians, but the automotive industry in general, how we represent ourselves in every conversation we have, whether it's at the drive through at a fast food joint or whether it's with the parent of one of your kids or, or kids' friends, like parents of one of your kids. I don't know what that meant. Um, <laughs> well, some kids are parenting their parents. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but it's, you know, in any interaction you have, how are you behaving? How are you representing? Are you representing the trades well? And is that parent going to go home and think, yeah, this would be a good career path for my little Johnny or my little Jane? Right. Well, or one of the say hell no. <laughs> I, I want to. Yeah. Susie, go ahead. Susie. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that when I went to school, we actually had automotive shop as an elective and home ec. And I think them taking that out of the, the mm-hmm. life at an early age. I think that's where the challenge started. I think that's a huge problem. Yeah. I mean, shop classes all across the country are going away. And now 
you have to work extra hard to take those classes. You have to be willing to, and don't get me wrong, the fact that EBITs and, and those kinds of places exist is absolutely unbelievable. EBIT is an amazing school. Um, all of these programs, are, are a lot of them are really phenomenal, but you have to be willing to go away from your home school for half a day. You have to take this like serious initiative to go and do it. And what if you just want to explore it? What if you don't know yet that that's what you want to do, but you just want to try playing with some tools and see if it's something you might like? How do kids find out what they like if they don't get to try things? Yeah, they got, they got a meddle and tinker, um, which brings me to something a few years back, Bogey, that you decided to take on. Many looked at you and said, what are you doing? <laughs> 57 Chevy with a BMW S6. What did you talk to us about that montage build? You had all of SEMA. You had people taking some medicine. What is she doing? Talk to us about the all female SEMA project that you had that Chevy montage. So this the Chevy montage was this, was this crazy harebrained idea that kind of really grew out of this idea of let's flood the internet with images of, of real women doing real work on on cars and change the, the visual perception of women in the trades. That's how it started, and and it grew into this huge project where basically uh, at my shop, Girl Gang Garage, we gathered over the course of ten months ninety some odd women. About 30% of them had never worked on cars before. The others were various levels of professionals throughout the automotive industry. So it was mechanics and body techs and painters and metal fabricators and welders and electrical specialists, you name it, kind of the whole kit and caboodle, uh, all came together to build this crazy truck. And we were unveiling it at SEMA on a large stage. I wanted it to be high profile, and I wanted it to get as much attention as possible to get the topic of women in the trades as much attention as possible. So the BMW engine being crammed in a 57 Chevy pickup was all about turning heads and making people go, huh? And you, you pulled it off. You, you, <laughs> and, and, and a, a lot of hours, a lot of midnight, all, a lot of, oh, yeah. a, a bunch of wonderful, t talented women, but also what made this special bogey is you, you decided, you know what, if you don't have any experience, come on. Yep. Come in my place, and we'll we'll have you work on this thing. Talk to us about that. You inspired quite a bit of quite of women doing that. Yeah, for me, it's we we have tech schools, we have trade programs in high schools and after high school, but we don't really have a lot of places where women particularly get to explore the trades. Where somebody who may have an interest but doesn't have a family member or a friend or a relative that's into cars, where they may just never have that opportunity to hold a plasma cutter or use a welder or use a ratchet. I mean, I can't tell you how many women came through the doors at, at Girl Gang who were like, I don't know what this is. How do I work a ratchet, right? They've, they've never held one before. But they had an interest and they had a curiosity. And so the, the idea was anybody who wants to raise their hand to come and play on this build, come and play. Come and work with your hands and see if it's something you enjoy. Meet other women who are doing this professionally. Meet other women who are doing this as hobbyists. Let's create a community. Let's get these women talking to each other so they know they're not alone, so they stay in the industry. Uh, and, and really, it was just about celebrating ladies in the trades and shining a light on them for, for the rest of the automotive industry to see at SEMA, like, we're we're here. We're here, and we we do good work, and we want to do good work, and we want to learn. And there's a ton more ladies who aren't in the trades yet, but want to be. 
they just need the opportunity. Yeah, and that's that's content that will live forever. And and you and you said it, it it, it hits it right on the nail. I mean, you can have a young seven year old right now, boy or girl for that matter, right? You know, that's yeah. what it's about. And and you just don't know seven years from now as a teenager. Bam! Look at this build. Uh, back in 2012, Motor Trend TV came to you. <laughs> you you were working your garage. You were working your career, building a business. What was your thought? Motor Trend TV at my door. What do they want from me? <laughs> Talk to us about that. Well, they weren't Motor Trend at the time. They were Velocity. Yeah, um, well, way back. Yeah, Velocity. <laughs> way back. But, you know, at first, honestly, I said no. <laughs> I what made you been, say no? What was your I thought? I've been approached by a number of different production companies over the years while I was running my shop. And all of them, they all wanted the drama. They wanted tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah, they wanted, we're going to put a bunch of girls in a house together, and they're going to open up a repair shop, and we're going to see how it goes. And oh, like you. Right want drama and pillow fights and I'm not going to do that because women have a hard enough time in this industry. I'm not going to contribute to making it worse. So I originally said no. And the, the woman who called me, who works for my production company, she's like, no, 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 no. That's not what it's about. This is genuinely about educating people. Yes. Entertaining them, but educating. And it's not drama. It's not about any made up stuff. Like it's, it's you and the other ladies working on things and explaining what you're doing to the camera. And I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> so I went down for an audition and um, the rest is history. That's awesome. Ten years, ten years later, we're going into our 10th season next year. That's pretty powerful for TV. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I told you that that's one of my favorite shows. So I just oh. watched the episode where you were working on a uh, Chevy Super Sport Camaro um, oh you actually converted that two that two speed automatic to a four speed standard. Yes, and I was pretty impressed that you did it in thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we work really fast, really fast. Um, we we drink a lot of energy drinks, and no, I TV land is a different world than real life, um, and it takes us you know a day and a half or more to do what we do in twenty minutes on TV. Um, and then often there's a lot of other time in between that. And so, yeah, definitely I, it, it's a little challenging because I know sometimes we, we give the automotive industry a little bit of a bad name in that sense because people are like, oh, I saw it on TV. It only took 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not real life. <laughs> Why are you charging me six hours? I watched right, it on TV. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I find uh, about the show, and I, and I think it's pretty cool, and I can just imagine uh, over the years the, the heavy questions um, from parents, you know, the correspondence that you get from the show that's off commentary online, you know, where things can get a little goofy, but I can imagine that you've had parents over the years say, you know what, I wasn't sure about my son or daughter, but yeah. watching your show, you're highlighting to parents what that that stereotype, as you said, was happening for years. You know, that poster is uh, Jennifer Meyer with uh, Tech Force says, you know, that poster that sits in the counselor's class of some yeah. greasy mechanic yeah. from 1948. Yep. And that's yep. your... That's your that's your life, baby. That's where you're going. And you're able to, with the medley of the, the TV, all that you're doing online, all-girl uh, garage, gang garage. I always confuse that, but <laughs> I would just say bogey's crew, right? You, you guys are you getting go. it done. Um, man, you, you got to be on top of it. What are challenging? Uh, what are the challenging things this year? COVID has been challenging for many of us. 
How are you overcoming this COVID situation? Uh, Because you're hands-on, you're real deal, you need that audience, you want to inspire hands-on. How are you handling that at the garage? We've had to put a pause to pretty much everything we do at the garage. We can't do the all-female build. We can't do the classes and the workshops. Um, so that's been that's been challenging. But finding different ways, you know, my drive is always to promote and empower and shine a light on women in the trade. So I'm I'm doing it in different ways. I, I host a weekly happy hour on Instagram where I yeah. interview a different woman from the trades every week and um and that's been a ton of fun and just a great opportunity to to let the audience that I've built up, you know, following me because of the T V show, I'm I'm letting them now meet all of these other incredible women and be exposed to so many more women in the trades. So that's been a lot of fun and I've started playing with TikTok, believe it or not. Um, I'm late to the game, but I've been having a ton of fun with it and, and teaching little car care basics and automotive basics. I just posted a video on what a CD axle is and just trying to, you know, do what I can to keep educating and keep spreading the word and be invisible. Man, you're having fun. Yeah, I think at the end of the day that, you know, people see that, Bogey, you know, and I think at the end of the day, we, we many of us have the heart and soul to, to, to get out there and I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And then it fizzles away because guess what? Heart and soul is not a hundred percent and yeah. y- you can't be consistent at anything. You know, it's, it's speaking of which, how do you deal with, you mentioned TikTok, Yeah. the brand platform and platform reach. Yeah. TV's great. That works. Well, what advice would you have for, let's say you've got a three to five year uh, female tech right now killing it at the dealer mm-hmm. or an aftermarket garage, and they want to get on board doing the same as you. What advice would you have for them hanging on social media? Where can they get it wrong? With social media, um, be consistent, which I'm not always good at, but be consistent. It helps. Um, so posting regularly and keep things professional. Know what your message is, what you're trying to put out there, and, and be consistent about that. Um, I, you'll notice my my social media doesn't have a, a heck of a lot of personal stuff on it. It's it's about the work that I do. It's not not me at home goofing off or doing whatever. Like, and that's my personal choice. But I, I keep it about the message and and what I'm trying to accomplish. And I think that's true for any business um, or if you're trying to be a brand as an individual is to be consistent, be clear in in what message you're trying to put out there. And real. I think what you do very well is you're real with your audience. I mean, I, again, that's a consistency thing. I mean, you can yeah. only put up the fakery for a little bit and then yep. it's like, OK, what other things could I fake people out with today? Right. You know, <laughs> right. And I, I think you do. I think the, the level of inspiration to me is twofold um, when when I think we can get as close to the sweet spot. And that's absolutely the legitimacy of what we're doing. In this case, we're talking about Mm -hmm. fixing cars, welding, what have you. And then the raw generosity of who you are, the genuine, the real. Um, I appreciate that. And that's straight up. That's, I think, a great part of your success is because, hey, listen, this is what my face does look like at two in the morning. I'm struggling (laughs) to get this thing fixed and I got... You know, I've got I've got to take care of business, and and I it's think okay. It's important that we show our failures and our faults and our struggles just as much as we share our successes. Because remember, kids these days are that's where they're looking, and if they see only the picture of perfection, then they see themselves as failures because they can't live up to that. But if we show people, I I I tell this story often. I was at a car show with the Chevy Montage, and this young guy 
was just staring at it and staring at it, staring at it. And I finally walked up to him and I said, so what do you think? He said, this makes me want to quit turning wrenches. And I said, why? He said, because it's so perfect. I will never be this good. Oh. And I, t- I said, do you want to see all of my flaws? Oh. And he's like, really? I walked him around the truck and I pointed out every mistake every glitch, every screw up, every everything. And he said, why are you doing this? And I said, because you need to know that nobody's perfect. Straight up. Great that's, lesson. That's solid. Learning. Yeah. Always. That's so, yeah, solid. We need to share that. Yep. Great job. Bogey, we got uh, 20 seconds. I, I know oh you got to uh, break away. <laughs> and I want to send folks, as many of our listeners, to where you're at. Again, where can folks find you, especially for this Instagram that you do uh, every Wednesday live? Uh sort of show that you have tell yeah, us so the live happy hour which is starting in just a little bit tonight actually um is on my instagram channel so bogey's garage and um then there's also my company's instagram which is girl gang garage so bogey's garage and girl gang garage on instagram and facebook and on the web Hey, can a six foot two inch guy get one of those uh, Girl Gang Garage t shirts? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, baby. He's jealous, Bogey, because I have one. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We have all sorts of great merchandise on the Girl Gang Garage website, so definitely check that out. And you can rock your support your local Girl Gang shirt, too. There we go. Nice. Bogey, always grateful to hang with you, do amazing things, and we look forward to seeing you soon. You rock. Thank you. You're a rock star as well. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Bogey. Yeah, I mean that's a genuine, raw, and real. People. I love her, and we need more. We mean we need more of that bogeyism. Yep, I'll never forget. Remember, we went to Barrett Jackson, and we were walking in the pits, and there was Bogey's pit, and she was underneath the car. Yeah, she was fixing a fuel leak or something. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it should be. It's real and raw. I want you guys to stay tuned. We're going to come back. I got a special announcement. How about I tell you about a signed Chip Foose hood? All in the name of education. Chip Foose, you know the name. We have a promotion for you guys. Stay tuned. Next, Ranch Nation. It's okay in the day. I'm staying busy. Vision collision. God forbid you get into an accident or you get a little bumper, fender, bender, slide, or even if you've got that shopping cart that ends up scratching the side of your newer ride. My friends at Vision Collision, they're certified. They deal with insurance companies, but also what I really like is they were able to deal with my situation. I didn't want to exercise my insurance, and I paid out of pocket, and they gave me a very fair price with quality work. So for any complete auto body paint and repair, you want that small business, the heart of business that treats you one-on-one vision collision 480-248-9049 visioncollision.com when you're thinking about body shop or collision work paint repair dent repairs collision wheel restoration vision collision is the way to go tell them frank at wrench nation sent you 480-248-9049 480-248-9049 vision collision Welcome back, Wrench Nation. We remind you, get on to wrenchnation.tv. We know that some of you just uh, kind of slip in and out. You get busy. You can always catch the show podcast upload every Sunday, uh, as well as the replays on Saturday. Share the show with a friend, man. We appreciate that. Um, I do want to kind of circle back to Bogey's topic of just all things empowering women. 
you know, as business owners, as lead shop foremans or womans, mm-hmm. we, we just need to do a better job. I yep. mean, I, we don't need to get fancy. I mean, I think we just need to show up professionally, as, uh, as Bogey said. And if you are that individual that, hey, you know what? I've paid my dues. I'm seeing some success. You never think about the impression of just a picture of what you're doing. I thought that was pretty powerful because traditionally it was, well, let's go read the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still read books about success and how people came from failures and, you know, really at the end of the day, it's just the courage to show up. But now it's just that impression. I, I, I never really thought about that. Yeah. And, you know, even when I watch her on Motor Trend, she, she's just, she's good. Yeah. She is just really good and she's entertaining and education and, yeah, no, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, 10 years in the TV business, that's a that's a big deal. Uh, so they are doing something right. Something. And I'm sure she's responsible for at least one or two points percentage of growth <laughs> in the women. Uh, but you can catch more of what Bogey is doing. Of course, COVID has just kind of jacked a lot. In fact, SEMA this year is... is just no go, no go. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure I think I think we didn't talk much about we, we could have had a two hour show easily. I do have an announcement for you. Uh, we don't talk enough about all of you that tune in that are on the collision side, you know, collision repair. Well, there's a huge organization behind the education of those of you that are interested in furthering your career. Again, a lot of you start in your driveway, you chinkering, whether you're messing with Bondo or what have you. I'm not a body man. I, I don't know too much about the collision side, but I do know this. A man by the name of Chip Foos. American designer. That's right. He's uh, it's actually one of the legendary designers currently yeah. out there uh, paving the way for some fantastic design builds out of Huntington Beach. Well, the Collision Repair Education Foundation, which is through ICAR, uh, in fact, I talked to Brandon Eckenrod, who's director of development, has a promotion. I want you guys to participate. Chip Foose has recently autographed 150 of these Hire Our Hero mini hoods. Oh, my gosh. Really? So you, you take, I mean, they're just mini. Many, yeah. many of you may have Dale Earnhardt's mini hood up in up in your living room, wherever you're yeah. keeping that. But he has uh, signed 150 of these. There's two types of these hood. 135 of them actually have the signature, which are available for purchase at about $250 each. And that includes uh, that design. And then there are ones with the signature on there. Uh, The bottom line is this is going towards the education, Collision Repair Education Foundation. You guys can visit, let me get the website uh, on here real quick. Of course, I may just, I probably put this up on Facebook and Ranch Nation. I want you guys to take that opportunity and find that Hire Our Heroes webpage uh, over at the Collision Education Foundation.org. Again, we're going to put that up. Known in the industry as CREF, C R E F as in Frank. So, Collision Education Foundation.org. You got that talented Chip Foose. He said, Man, I'm busy, <laughs> but I can get you these hoods. That's cool. And they are raising money. Now, some of you saying, okay, great. Everybody's raising money for something, Frank. But specifically, this money is going, and this is a collaboration through 3M. They want to ensure that technicians have the right tools on the education side 
to continue that passion uh, behind growing their careers, right? How many of you right now don't have the right tool? Got to have the right tool, Frank. I, I, I'm speaking to some of the yeah. students out there. I, hey, I'm speaking to some of you wrenches, <laughs> wrenches in the back bays. Man, I can sure use that tool. And some of you have your set. I mean, tools, you never yeah. have enough. I get that. But why don't you help out a good cause, the 3M Donate Signature Event with Chip Foos to the Collision Repair Education Foundation fundraiser to support military veterans and collision school programs. Again, Collision Repair Education Foundation. Uh, get on to their website, which is collisioneducationalfoundation.org. I have promised them, and we will honor our promises, we're going to do a whole show on the great things that CREF is doing uh, through ICAR and some of their some of their great supporters, uh, sponsors like 3M. Pretty that cool so stuff. Cool. Good stuff. Yep. Any last parting words for the wisdom of the peoples of the peoples? <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about get the right tool. So I used to get angry at the shop sometimes when I would walk out into the garage and none of the technicians were out there. And if I look out in the parking lot, there's one of the tool trucks. So they're all on the tool truck. And I used to get mad at that. But you know what? I'm not anymore, Frank, because they are just getting the tool to to make their craft better. That's all. Uh, I'm with you. Right. Many a shop owner (laughs) um, and you tool truck guys know and gals know. You pit stop at a local garage. You have a routine. You show up every Thursday at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Shop owners out there like, where's my Where productivity? <laughs> but you're right. You have to change it. And, you know, honestly, it's a, it's a great way for uh, the average uh, mechanic. Mechanics love buying tools. Come exactly. On. I mean, so let them have their fun. <laughs> Shut it down for 20 minutes. That's right. I knew one guy that actually told shop these, uh, these uh, tool trucks not to come by. Oh, really? Yeah. He, yeah, I knew. In fact, I knew a few. Wow. I think that's extreme. I don't know your thoughts. Should a tool truck give the Zen therapy that a mechanic deserves and stop by an automotive garage for 20, 30 minutes to allow them to feed their addiction of tools? What do you think? <laughs> RanchNation.tv, man, Ranch Nation social media catches. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, please do replay the show. We had a lot of inspiration coming out of Bogey. Uh, of course, bogeysgarage.com. As I tell you people every week, man, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.